this is Marilyn and welcome back to Candid Conversations. This is season four and we've taken a different turn. I'm going to be having more guests, just having general conversations, um, as you will hear in this podcast episode, um, because I feel like it's time to have community and to have conversations. I feel like I've given enough information about life and how to's and I just want to bring a more community feel to this podcast rather than me just being the expert and they're just being interviews. I want to share my story in relation to the people that I speak with who come onto this podcast so I hope you enjoy this podcast with my special guest Chia Phoenix who's going to be joining me for several podcasts. So we're going to be coaches, going to be my co-host. And let me know, share, like, and subscribe. Hello and welcome back. Season four of the Candid Conversations. And we are at the ninth month of 2023. And we're changing this up a bit because I actually got somebody that's going to be co-hosting with me. And we're going to be in conversation. But it's going to be something without um, labels, actually. And, you know, we're just going to go with the flow and see what's happening. And I've got my very special guest here. Chia Phoenix, I'm going to get her to introduce herself. Welcome. Thank you so much, Auntie Marilyn. It's <laughs> so lovely um, to be back and in conversation with you again. And hello to everybody that is listening. Good. And could you just tell the um, listeners a bit about you? And before you start, actually, I just want everybody to know we are, this is really a chilled conversation. I've got my hair in rollers. Chia just looks relaxed. It is that conversation. We are going to change the trajectory of this whole personal development space and what it should look like and how we should be in it. So anyway, carry on. I love that. Just a nice, chill conversation between sisters about life. (laughs) Yes. So my name is Chia Phoenix and I am, well, I go by the titles of creative activist creative practitioner, creative facilitator. Um, Basically what that means is I work in the creative fields, but, you know, I work in kind of creative rehabilitation, which is using the arts as a tool for reform, for expression, for, you know, self-esteem building. Um, I work with young people and adults um, and I'm an artist, you know, in my own right and also a spiritual mentor Although actually for most of this year, I haven't even done much one-to-one work because once we get going, we can have a conversation how the year's gone. But yeah, creatively flowing, I think is the best way to describe who I am. Creatively flowing for, you know, better mind, body and spirit, I would say. Okay, we're going to start our conversation. You said that you haven't done much spiritual mentoring. Um, why, Why is that? What's What you've been up to? So I guess, to be honest, the year started with the intention of continuing that of what I'd started in 2023. However, it's, you know, the end of 20, sorry, no, we're in 2023, end of 2022. Look at me, I'm losing time. At the end of 2022, you know, life just took a slightly different turn. Um, 
I made the decision to leave my work. You know, I had to put in a disciplinary. I was very, very exhausted by the end of this year. And what I didn't realize at that time was um, I'd experienced a massive trigger on a next level of my awakening. There was something to be discovered. And it started to it started to show itself from around the October where things, you know, things just start to get irritant around you. You're triggered about different things. Your spirit's bringing your attention to different things, but you're still staying on track of what is you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'd also decided I started a new round of therapy at that time. And, but I didn't know where it was leading me. The year started, started off with some dramas, you know, felt people were just taking liberties of violations, you know, friendships, relationships, things like that was starting to change, but it hit literally first, second, third, fourth week of January. I had He's Vulnerable When, which is a documentary I created on the vulnerability of black men. So I had a a screening prepared for the end of February. Um, Discovered in that period of time from January to February through therapy that I'd had complex PTSD. The complex PTSD is a form of PTSD, but it's when you've had multiple traumas happening in your life with some you know, harder ones that had happened from when you were young. You know, I'm not really hung up on the specifics of it all, more than just bringing it up and releasing it. And basically, it just changed my whole brain pattern. I had not realised that unconsciously I'd had this other trauma that was actually controlling the way that I think, the way that, that I move, the way that I interact, my connections, all of that sorts of stuff. And basically, I went through this whole process where my brain just had a different overhaul. It was like, it was one way and then it just became another way up. And I started to see everything around me differently. Yeah. And that just made me draw inwards to me. Like I could see me more. I could see more of my value. I could feel me more. And I had a better access mm. to where I wanted to go. I could see the difference in the fog that was there and the fog clearing. And I just didn't, haven't had any time and space mm. to allocate at that time much to anyone or to deliver too much workshops or whatnot because I've just been nursing rediscovering myself um looking back in the past in a different way two things I've had I'm you know myself of complex PTSD which I'll come to another in another point but I want to go back to it makes sense when you said that you make you you reacted from your brain being a certain way and of course, you're not going to be able to run workshops because if your brain, it's the same brain that created the genius as well. It's the same brain that created the workshop. But if that brain has changed, it's almost like we're learning to ride a bike again. You can't run your workshops in the same way because that part of your brain that was in a trauma response, like a trigger, a trauma response, has is, is actually allowed it is coming out the body somatically Mm -hmm. so you can't you can't it's almost like imagine you're it's like you're trying to stop yourself giving birth just anywhere I can liken it to or getting a you know when you're getting a pull a tooth pulled out which I heard people say is the same baby you know like a really painful tooth once it's coming out you can't leave it there yeah because it will really hurt so you literally have to pull it out and I think what you said about your brain it makes sense oh, no you're absolutely right it was just an eye opener it started off with a microaggression then just seeing patterns and different things and different people and then 
obviously I'm being asked questions by my therapist mm-hmm. and you know I'll never forget when she said to me permission to take up space like was just in January right we're going in you need to take up more space mm-hmm. you need to be more vocal you know and it was so direct and I remember also when she said to me you know you sit in front of me so neat and perfect mm. and I thought that I'm I looked at myself, you know, you're on Zoom, you're talking. I looked at myself and I was like, oh my God, I'm so neat. And that my therapist telling me I'm so neat and everyone's telling me I'm taking up, you know, I'm so big and this, that and that. And she's telling me you're not, you're not being big enough because you're, you're like, I was compliant. I wasn't always reacting the way that I needed to react because also the trauma response was fear of losing people, fear of people changing. Like Mm. it was always me proving my value in some way, shape or Mm. form and people making me feel like I'm crazy because I had these other feelings. But discovering and having an understanding of the complex PTSD without diving, I wasn't even trying to dive too much in it. I was just like, I want to be aware of this thing. Mm. I just felt myself so much more and it changed the narrative in my head it made me be like, well, if they don't care about me, I don't care about them, innit? Like, rather than all this extra anxiety, I realised how much cortisol levels was in my body. I didn't realise I was so anxious all the time. I didn't even recognise it. Like, that was the maddest thing, was for me to go to do little things. Like, even with my cat, my friend's like, can you just relax? Like, you get so nervy and worried for midnight and I was like I know I'm aware of it now like are you okay is this whatever and I was thinking gosh when I had my previous cat again me I didn't even know I was even feeling like this because so much used to happen at once after the other Mm. I didn't even have an opportunity to say I'm full of anxiety I just saw it as I got to get through this and I got to keep moving and I can do it and then also I've had I had my pains for the last three years Mm. at the beginning of this year I had a hook, a spiritual hook in my back. I'll never forget feeling this pain digging in my back and spirit saying it's a hook and me not even understanding what spiritual hooks were Mm -hmm. and feeling pain in my back, pain down my arm, numb in my little finger, pain down my sides and whatever. And I had to just draw back Mm -hmm. from everything to talk to myself, talk to my body, talk to my soul, Mm-hmm. understand this new brain work this muscle mm-hmm. in my brain and discover how it's seeing the world and seeing how different it was because I literally at one stage had had two brains I could see the old and the new yeah I could see what the old brain had done and that I was thinking in this new way I was aware I'm talking different I can feel the vibration of how I'm talking I'm more mm-hmm. I know there's a, there's more of a stability or a groundedness that I can feel in myself as I'm talking, which means that the vibration has also changed in what I'm transmitting because there's another graduation. And then when I come out of this graduation, I would all this information that has been come over the last seven, eight years and changes, it's going to develop me to be the next level of creative facilitator, practitioner, therapist, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. you need to allow the time for experience and life to transform to the next level of the awakening. It doesn't just come to you. You've got to have the experience. It's like a singer, isn't it? It's like Adele. Every five years she did an album because she had to live life in those five years in order to have contents for the album. I'm just going to put a pin there. Um, that makes a lot of sense, what you're saying um, about your journey. And 
it's uh, it's really important to create pauses after you speak because you what you say is so full, so rich that it does require digesting because it's so much truth there and there's so much food for thought. So I want to give that the space and respect it needs. Um, and when you, you was, I mean, I'm typing things down because I think it's really important to refer back to in the show notes, but um, it's funny when you said about that split because when, you know, when we're suffering from any trauma, the brain will protect itself. So it will split um, sometimes and, it's, you know, it feels to me, as you're talking, I'm just seeing a lot of people saying similar things. And I know there's things with the planets, but it reminds me of, you said about cortisol levels. And again, at the beginning of my year, my last coaching client was in December. I just finished two clients and, and they did really well. And I had a health challenge that come up first week in January or last week in December I got a letter and from a doctor and you know pretty it wasn't something that I couldn't change but it was pretty scary and I mean it wasn't no life-threatening but it could potentially be you know it wasn't life-threatening but um what I thought at the time is I don't have the time to make myself well and one of my clients is a doctor I just don't have time. I'm just going to, you know, no, I don't have the energy. I can't work on myself. But this is when the body was saying no. And the universe was saying, you have to sit your ass down. Mm-hmm. And I had no clients. And the weird thing was, is that I got the commission for the documentary, the audio documentary. What I'd apply for just really off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Someone sent me a message and I applied for this funding and I got this funding and it was going back and, you know, just telling a loud story. But what it, what I think Universe done is like, you're going to really be slow. We're going to give you, we're going to give you this money and you're going to just be slow. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be at the pace. And I had to undeconstruct. That's the word. I had to deconstruct and decolonize myself. And um, realizing, because if I'd been doing a trauma training, but actually realizing that I needed to stop and my body, what it turned out was, was that my body and liver was, my adrenals were shot. And you know, you said the cortisol. And the reason why your adrenals get fired up, yes, the pill is one of the major things. When you all got gynecological problems, the pill is uh, one of the biggest major problems that we have. But, um, I have to really catch my thoughts. It takes a long time, <laughs> but I was diagnosed with ADHD. Another trauma because Gabo Mate talks about that. Another, so that's what I did. The unpacking came at a different level because I had to slow down. I didn't have oh a launch, you know, get clients. I just had the art, and you know, use there as well. And the cortisol, and like, I couldn't have alcohol couldn't have sugar, you know, because my adrenals are fired. I said I saw a homeopath, I saw a naturopath, and kind of I didn't have a drink. Christmas is the last time I had a drink. Such a difference. I gave up sugar, such a difference. I lost so much weight. But I, you know, 
But what it taught me is to really go with it and be slow. I remember I said, I feel alone, I feel isolated. But I realised I needed to go through this big, big um, pressure. But going back to the cortisol, what I realised was, is that I'm a survivor um, in terms of there was domestic violence in the house that I grew up in. And we normalise it as a family. I think we normalise it because that's the only way to cope with it. And when I got to the bottom of it was that realising that, and, you know, obviously I did the ayahuasca trip, so it showed everything. I did ayahuasca in between that. And it showed so much what's going on and back down the family line. But coming to terms with the fact that, that this, the household I grew up with, as much as my parents stayed together, it was great for them. It was very unsafe for me and my nervous system. And so what had happened is, like what you're saying, and like so many other people, we manage, and it's very common A-type personality, we manage and we keep going and going and going and going, and then something triggers you at work, like what did with you. Or I have a, my body says no, so I have a health because I haven't got no work. I've removed myself from the work. I'm the boss. So if it was, if I was at a workplace, that would have been the trigger for me. You, you understand? But because I didn't have the boss, I was my own jailer. This is what happened. But it's the same thing. It's because of the, the stress response, the cortisol levels, that this is where the re repairing. And I have literally turned around everything that's happened, I've turned it around, but I didn't believe it. But I had to uh, I had to accept that I came from a really traumatic childhood. I had to admit that. With each new layer that strips down, with each new day of understanding, mm -hmm. I just realised just how delicate and sensitive I was mm -hmm. before all of this stuff because once I'm getting down I'm like I am underneath regardless of how anybody wants to see me being whatever it is I am so sensitive inside and this made me also think about value so this year came up and I was like you know people don't value me mm. like, I'm at work I'm doing all this work to this person this person doesn't value these people do not the work place it wasn't my boss it was just my team I was like they don't value me and I had the flooding come back because I was like mm -hmm. I, it was like the triggering was it doesn't make a difference how much of a good friend it didn't make a difference how much people I've supported yeah. or healed or anything like that I'm here going through this that and the other and nobody doesn't think of my feelings nobody mm. treats me like I'm of value Nobody, nobody was treating me like I was gentle and soft enough to be mm. like, I'm so sorry that I did that to you. That might have affected you here. Like, especially when I'm quite an open book about mm -hmm. my pains, my this, that and the other. And I was like, I value me. And that's what this opening of the mind was. I value me. I value my body. I value my health. And if nobody, if people want to disappear or don't want to talk to me or nobody wants to come for workshops, I don't care anymore because I found the value in my own self for me. And then what it did is it lifted the value on all the people that really valued me. And certain relationships and stuff became golden. They opened because now I'm more present, aren't I? 
because I've brought up this complex PTSD, I'm more present with people. I really can feel the truth at a whole next level. And I wanted to see who was going to hold me through this. You know, I went on a, I made a point of those that was close to me. I made a phone call to say, Mm -hmm. I need to let you know this. Mm -hmm. I've discovered this. And it means this, this, and this. And it means I had went through this, this, and this. And right now my brain is evolving. And I'm telling you, because I realize I, I, as much as I feel I've been present for you as my friend, maybe I haven't been as present because I've had this unconscious thing. Yeah. That allowed those that I feel loved and valued me to hold me in a way. And I could relax. Yeah. And it's been beautiful, but it's been... It has been tiring and it has felt new. I think our previous tools, hello, look at the little cat. <laughs> it's so cute. He's wet, but he's just oh look. Midnight is just she just I can see her eyes. Sorry, sorry, people who are listening, you can't see. We're just having a cat appreciation. Marilyn has her cat and my little kitten. Is orange cat. So he's, anyway. But Karen, yeah. so you had to tell people basically like this yeah, I I, I changed the way I was structuring. Yeah. Well, after I'd lost, you know, friends had lost, they'd gone. I'd realized yeah. I can't take this. I don't want to be this person in these people's lives. I don't want these types of relationships. I don't want this. But I made a point of those that's around just to say, look, this is what's happening. And I need you to help see me through this. Mm-hmm. I'm very tired. My body is really hurting me. Yeah. And I'm trying to adjust and also accepting my mental health because for me personally, growing up and having a grandmother with schizophrenia and having a dad that also had nervous breakdowns and had been sectioned, I spent most of my life not allowing anybody to diagnose my mental health in any way, shape or form Mm -hmm. because people are ready to put it on you. And then with my passion and my energy, I've had people be like, whoa, and it was really a big trigger. Mm-hmm. and then to get to a place where my brain and I was like oh my god how did I get here like my therapist was like you've done so amazing mm-hmm. I don't know how you've coped to here and still shine so bright and do what it is that you're doing with all of that that you had going on knowing that actually I've probably been in mental crisis my whole life yeah. I've probably been in one long breakdown and didn't even I don't even know how I've I don't even know, to be honest, because now I can feel the difference in what my brain was doing before. But your body, but your body protected you because if, as a people pleaser, it kept you in control because the, other, the opposite could have been that you could have become, uh, have narcissistic injury where you had to, so, because, you know, like a lot of, I don't know, I'm not enough, I just can't diagnose these people, but, you know, you hear a lot of they turn they throw this word narcissist around, but a lot of the people that have had a quite traumatic upbringing, they can become one of the many spectrums of narcissists. Most narcissists are problematic. I, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but when I think about it, your body was protected. Your soul is wise and kind, but it could have easily have gone, especially for a parent with mental. It could have easily have gone on the opposite spectrum where. I'm in so much in pain. I'm going to hurt people. You are absolutely right. Because do you know, listen, 
that's the biggest thing I've had from people. Why did you say anything when that happened? You should have cut off this. And I've said, do you think that inside I didn't want to do that? There was, there's been enough times in my life that even with a little explosion, a little of, I'm not dealing with this. Mm. And people's like, you're mad, you're crazy. And I shut down because I couldn't believe that they couldn't understand why I was even feeling how I was mm. feeling or reacting right now. And so many times in life that I held it, the allowances, you know, even when I think of relationships or friendships where I think I would see things that didn't feel right mm-hmm. and I would make it about me and I'd say, it's because your head's running, you know, give that person a bit of time, you know, you know, you know, you know, you've always had this problem. I always had people put it on me and I was always triple chicken checking myself when if I had stepped out of line, even a little bit close to what is they done, people were just close. They don't want to talk to me again, ever again. And I'm thinking, but you've been like this consistently or you've, you've had this patterns of behavior and I made allowances because you're my friend or you're my lover or you're my family, but I made allowances and allowances, but you never saw that I'm hurt because I was turned because of how I appeared. Well, it's about the the fawning, the people pleasing aspect of, trauma that you probably stayed in or you probably ran flight and I think that I I feel unfortunately even with the plant medicine culture I think that like you know tools and support you know like ayahuasca um, suicidal and all those other tools any plant medicine tools they're tools that we must work with and the shadow work still has to go on. But what people tend to do, they tend to use those tools and then say, I'm healed, you know, I'm this. You haven't even, you're just a threshold. You haven't even started. I think my journey has started now. After six to nine months of deep exploration, I've had a metamorphosis, but I haven't even entered the threshold the sacred temple. I think mm-hmm. I've had the transformation in the forest mm-hmm. and the, the, the sacred plant medicine has led me and showed me my purpose even more so. But I think I'm at the threshold of the temple and I think there's some more shadow work to go. There's some, and I, again, buzzwords, but there's some more depth work, archetypes, you know, working with my paintings and finding out what, you know, what is the story beyond me? I think, Spirit yes. slows you down to go back to how it was in the beginning of this discovery. Not because, you know, I think because there's so much information out there, people are like, I got this, I got that, did whatever. But spirit is supposed to lead the way for the unfolding. And not everything spirit needs you to dig up in that spirit. Just something spirit was there. I just wanted to show you this. Yeah. So you know, this is it. So you can deal with that. This thing I need you to see. But you don't yeah. always have to see everything because some things would have hold you back. If I had seen, if I had known mm. what I know now about things that have happened to myself six or seven years ago or before that, I would have had a breakdown. Yeah. It would have been overload for me. I, I would yeah. never have. And you don't want to see that. You don't. And the thing is, is that the part of the strength of character and the soul or whatever you call it is from the experience is because at the beginning when you're telling somebody no I don't want to do that or actually I don't approve of that or actually um I it doesn't feel right at the beginning that's so fucking awkward that is really 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 difficult but when you do it the second and third time 
you feel free. It's like me saying to you, oh, I feel really isolated. I feel like I'm in betwixt and between. Third, second, third. I've come to the place now, which was the metamorphosis. I understand. And I, I wouldn't change that part of feeling self-isolated and lonely. But it was an existential loneliness. Existential loneliness. I would go through that again. Because now I understand. But if I saw that and someone said, oh, you're going to be lonely and blah, 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 you're going to feel this way, it's not going to work. But I think that the tools are there to, they're guides for us, they're guides to show us. But there was never meant to be the be all and end all. There was there to teach us. And then we were meant to go away and do the work. But what's happening, I think, now with people is that people think that they had control because they could go online and talk about it. The problem is, is that what we've seen after two, three, four years, especially after lockdown, is that people have gone online and they're still in the same problems, haven't progressed. I think the people, yes, we're going to show this, this podcast is going to be a podcast, but I think the people that are really getting it are no longer, of, they're no longer being that visible on social media. So when I what I'm saying is they're no longer going on a live and talking about X, Y, and Z. What's happening? They're doing it away from social media. So there's a big movement of people that are doing the work, but you're not knowing about it on social media. It's in their communities. Um, or people are right. I'm on Substack. A lot of people are writing. We're going back to blogging. We're taking the lens for, away from ourselves mm-hmm. and we're doing the work. Because it's become too much, too much of a much. Um, mm. But I want to ask you some questions. I'm going to do a set of questions. Um, okay. So the first one is with what's been happening with you, how are you defining friendship? What does friendship mean to you or community? I don't even, or, yeah, I don't even know what the right way to describe. I just know that. I'm 43 years old. Mm. I have certain morals. I have certain values. I have certain standards. I have certain values. I am at an age where we're just older and maturer. There's a, there's a level of maturity to stepping mm. into why people are talking to you or not talking to you in the first place. Yes. Like I don't have time for child's play. I don't have time for silly little things that feels like being a silly little girl. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's in the same in relationships, whatever. If we can't, if I can't have a conversation with you, if I can't be annoyed, if I can't just tell you direct A, B, C, D, sometimes things is uncomfortable with friends. Sometimes we're, yeah. we're at a grown age where when you really care about your people, it means sometimes there's uncomfortableness and we still celebrate and have high levels of vibration. And I want to feel loved. I want to feel included in the community in all ways Mm. i'm not just yes i'm chia activist spiritual mentor i'm not here just to serve i'm here to have experiences and be included i'm here to be loved i'm here to be hugged i'm here to be touched it's not just about what i can give out and i want to have people that i hear be like girl i missed you where you been like if i was to go away for three months people have been like where have you been listen girl are we gonna go out what are we doing i want to hear that i don't want to you know, I live, especially with those of us that live alone, I want consideration for the fact that I live alone. I mm. want consideration for the fact that I am a childless woman. Like I, I've spent my whole life considering everybody else's children and this, that and the other. Mm. And they want this. 
I need consideration back. I'm a human being just like everybody else. And I've made different decisions, mm -hmm. but I still want those decisions to be considered, not petted against, not told that because I don't have this or this, whatever life is easier. Like, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. In fact, as a single person, I'm covering every single damn thing myself without any little help. If I wake up in the morning and my shoulder can't move, I got to find a way to get out of that bed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every last bill, there is nobody to ask me, mm -hmm. can I make you a cup of tea? Yeah. So I just want the consideration back. So some, when, and my friends, they do. Like I've got the people there that's like, I'm checking in, you're right, you good, whatever it is. The same way I'm like, I know you're busy with the family this weekend, blah, blah, blah. It's just an even exchange of love is what defines friendship to me in community in unity in love relationships like just meet me here I can't do all of this whatever's going on out there lying this that and the other. I just being this person here this person on socials this person buys I don't have the energy to be a million different people I just want to meet people here I want to feel people when you tell me I'm this I'm mm -hmm. struggling with this, but I love this and I'm working towards this and I'm growing through this. I want realness. Yeah. And rawness. So, yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. millions of words. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's not because I think you're right. I think that it's, it's, I suppose when we find that who we are, um, it's good to kind of know what you want in friendship because I think that especially when you've had a PTSD or complex PTSD, uh, you you know, you've been a people pleaser. Your friends, our friendships are not, they've not been, they've been either really, in terms of myself, they've either been really boundaried or not boundaried at all, where I'm overgiving and I've become becoming too much. And also I'm dysregulated because I've got ADHD. So we don't have that filter. And it's not until this day I realized all the things I did in friendships is also part. My ADHD has played a big part. So for me, what what I've realized is because a lot of my old friendships I don't really see them, and I think I needed to have space away from them because, again, it's this big change going through this metamorphosis. You know, I'm I'm post menopause. I'm fifty six. I'm you know, childless again, so I'm finding out where I fit in this world as a person that leads others, a leadership role, but also, again, being a super competent person, that super well-behaved, the good girl. And my body's saying, this isn't right. You're, you're, con you're conforming. There's a level, even though you're creative, you're still conforming. And so I found that I was always a giver. I was always a caretaker for a lot of people, even though I had my own um, drama and my crazy relationships, we'll come to that about relationships in a minute, I still felt that because of the childhood trauma, there was a level of me that I didn't feel enough. And so when lockdown happened and I had was in my own company, I had no choice, I started to feel so empowered and I thought I'd be really lonely being in lockdown but I wasn't I felt so empowered and then I thought I need more of this therefore I don't want any outside influence and so I'm not going to really connect to friends I'm just going to skate 
because that's very superficial. Skating community is cool, but it, there's a level of, you know, we're just there to skate. It's like going to aerobics class. You're just there to do that. And but what I realised with the friendships that I formed post-pandemic or during pandemic, people would come in my life, they would go, they'll be around, we'll just, you know, people would move on. And so for me, at first I thought, my God, I, I, you know, I'm unfriendable because I cannot make any new friends. But what I realised what was happening is that I was looking and being discerning because mm. I was looking from a lens of a regulated system rather than a dysregulated nervous mm. system. And mm. at the beginning, it was really fucking hard because there were people that just couldn't fit. They, they couldn't meet my needs in terms of what friendship was. Exactly mm. what you said, you know, check up mm. on me, not just call me when they just want to offload, um, communicate with me, um, want to just dump on me most of me all the stuff that I used to do before as a people pleaser when I'll stop doing that I realized that or when I, I noted the people I didn't continue friendships with or they, they went into the acquaintance book I noticed when I wasn't playing small and when I wasn't doing the mammy part where I'm looking out for you because you've got problems or we're trauma bonding once I weren't doing those things the relationship fell apart and I think that was the foundations of all my relationship. Because if I'm not serving you, which is to happen in my, my home, or I'm not being a good girl, so people pleasing, or being yeah. a mother, caretaking you, then mm-hmm. I don't have a role. And that's what I carried unconsciously in my shadow. So what I'm what I'm realizing now is I'm open. I'm open for honest relationship, but I've got to show all parts of myself because I used to hide. I remember telling some traumatic ex, you know, I'm shy. He said, no, you're not shy. And I used to say to certain friends, I'm shy. I'm shy because I don't show the other sides. And when they would come out later on in a relationship or friendship, people say, well, who is this woman? But it's all sides of ourselves, allowing all of me to be seen. And this week, I had an epiphany. This week, I thought to myself, I actually am going to do social media and all the other stuff my way. I don't give a toss what people think anymore. But it was so buried deeply because you've got to market this way, you've got to do this, you've got to paint, you've got to... I don't give a fuck. I'm just doing the work. I don't care because it's the same people I'm trying to please, an imaginary group of people. But I thought it was... I thought I was just feeling frustration. Actually, I'm I'm still in that people pleasing. So for myself, you know, like my page, I'm just forever battling where people are like, yeah, but you know, you don't do this or you don't sell this or you don't do that. And I've all my life been like, listen, I never followed what anybody's plan is for anything, but also just understanding who I am in my womanhood. Yeah. And it doesn't fit in with everybody else. It's like, i give you one example before you just move on to another question. It's like all the stuff around a lots of womb stuff, right? Yeah. I've spent my whole life, I've never had nothing, yeah. yeah? I don't deal with people, I don't have, I, yeah, when I turned like 33 or something, I started to get a little bit of headache, I get a little bit of tired, whatever. But I was the young person that would be going to play netball, going, like running around, dancing. I had a lot of energy when I was on my monthly. And I always was isolated 
because I didn't have pain. So something was, I was made to feel something's wrong with me because I don't have pain. To come to get to this age, to realize that Ooh. you're doing really good because the pain was the sign of other things going on for people and you fitting in this other box. But you know, people would bond, women bond on these things. Yeah, the mm. same way when it comes to children. I never tell people that I did or I didn't. But the way people approach me and say, oh, how do you feel about that? Well, I, you didn't ask me if I wanted or I didn't want or if I'm happy or unhappy. You're assuming mm. and you're putting a narrative on me of all women. The same way with marriage. People just say to me, yeah, but, you know, you really got to think about that. And you really got to think. I never told anybody. Auntie Marion, I've never told anyone in life I wanted to get married, you know. Not one people has asked me, but do you want to get married? That's mm -hmm. a different conversation versus making me feel that I'm at a minus because yeah. of what you would expect from me. And that's because it's the conscious, it's the herd, fitting mm -hmm. into the herd rather than you just having your unique path and having people around you being like, well, that's Chia. That's Chia mm -hmm. and I love Chia for the way she is and the way that she moves and the woman that she is for who she is. But I don't need to have this imaginary competition thing or have to speak like this in this place or behave like this. I even have people that say to me, yeah, but you can't wear all your nose chain and stuff like that to work. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Nobody questions me in those spaces. Yeah. I go into prisons with it all. No one's got an issue. So why are you making me feel? It's because they can't be them authentic selves no. in yeah. all spaces. And they people that I've realized this year that People approach and talk to you based on what their limitations are. And they think everyone else is doing exactly the same way that they are. So if they are lying or they're manipulating or they're not being their thing itself, they think everybody's doing it. But mm -hmm. they don't realize that we're not. Some of us, it did just happen that way. We mm -hmm. didn't do anything to make it happen. I didn't do anything extra for people to follow me or anything. I just kept my page as it is, as me. Mm -hmm. And that little network of people that like to follow me and tune in is for them. I didn't start dancing on the gram to get more reels. If you no. know me, you know I've been dancing from six and that I've had a whole career in dance. you're dancing anyway. From but they don't realise because you've got all these other people that keep trying, have tried all these new things to be relevant and to be validated and then people just put you in. And what happens is people stop respecting people's journey of how they got there now. You're not digging into that. It's deeper. Like what you said, it's deeper. There's more depth. And for me, I like to hear your thread and your pattern. Because then as I speak to you now, I'm like, oh, I understand who you are. It's like me suddenly just saying, oh, remember when I just messaged you? I said, no, you're Auntie Marilyn. Yeah. You're not Marilyn, you're Auntie Marilyn. Because I was just like, listen. Yeah, that was so You're lovely. older, you're wiser. Yeah. You're also my friend. But yeah. out of respect and how we grow up, I'm like, now this is Auntie Marilyn. She's she's held and, and looks out for me as Auntie. This isn't just Marilyn. I feel yeah. rude now just saying Marilyn. This is yeah. Auntie Marilyn. Like, what are you talking about? Because it's kinship and it's me showing you yeah. I love you. Exactly. And that's how I feel. The same way you might have a friend and be like, now this is my sis or another it's friend you're just like, this is my cousin. It may not be blind blood, but you know when people you're just like, it's my cousin. Yeah. If you're like, they're as tight as exactly what's your non-negotiables with friendship now from these limbs and thank you i love the fact that you call me on tomorrow just so endearing you all my heart non-negotiables i don't even you know what i haven't even thought about that properly i think it's more safe i realize yeah, really that really important in trauma work feeling safe 
Yeah. This year, I realized safe to speak mm-hmm. so that even if I'm losing it, I need to know that the person in front of me is like, whoa, what's going on with Chi? Why is she losing it? I, I need somebody to, I need yeah. people to be safe in front of to go left, right, up, down. And they're yeah. still like, I still got you, you know, because they realize this is out of character or this is in character or they want to investigate what's going on or something. Not just like, well, why are you going on like that? Or I'm not dealing with anyone that's gaslighting. You're not going to throw, really throw nothing at me. Yeah. Um, The safety in my body yeah because I'm very aware and that's even with I know you're going to move on to relationships but even in relationships or men around me Mm. I need to know that I'm safe in what I'm saying I'm safe in what I'm feeling I'm safe in what I experience I'm experiencing now and that they're all working in conjunction with each other that's why I said that I had to make the phone call to say to my friends this has come up for me Mm -hmm. this is a bit scary and I'm letting you know, because I never used to be able to do this before. Yeah. I realized maybe I wasn't as close as I thought with people. So I'm mm. offering you a piece of my vulnerability to see, can you be? Can I be safe with you with this? Mm-hmm. To see where that met. And I was met with, I got you, man. Yeah. And people's roles just change. Everybody's checking in. Are you good? Are you this? Are you that? Yeah. Whatever. Then I go for this and my inner child is getting poured into by my male friends and my female friends. And they're just making sure. Mm-hmm. Are you good? Yeah. We know you got it, but. That's so lovely. I'm very thankful mm. for the year. I'm very thankful for how my life has transformed. I'm very thankful for the healing that's occurred with my mama. I'm very thankful. I'm so present mm-hmm. in that. And I'm thankful for all the other people that I've had and stuff in my life. But. I know that I haven't heard much from people to say, you know what? I love you. You're my bridge and you're never coming out of my life. I haven't, I never mm. used to hear that a lot from people. I haven't had a man come in my life and be like, you're dope. You mm-hmm. are this special woman that I want to, I haven't heard these things. And people don't know that many of us haven't had these things. Yeah. And when they do, I mean, I think that's so important what you've just said. I think it's so important to hear that 